each person is basically worth about $2,000 in census dollars. Oh, well, $2,000, you know, it's not a big deal. But then when you think, well, that's per year for 10 years, a family of four or five is almost $100,000 that we're leaving on the table if the census form isn't filled out. Thank you for joining us for FYI, the Public Library's podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes with the Public Library Association. Today on the show, we will have a slightly different format. Here to discuss the 2020 census are Lara Clark, Deputy Director for ALA's Office for Public Policy and Advocacy and the Public Library Association, and Michelle Pereira, Director of the Pasadena Public Library and a member of the ALA 2020 Census Library Outreach and Education Task Force. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about what is happening at your library to prepare for the 2020 census. In Pasadena, it really is a community-wide endeavor with Census 2020. I'm one of the three point people for the city, along with our city's public information officer and city's clerk, who are all working together to outreach for Census 2020. So the library is playing a pretty big role in it. We have been working now for probably about a year on this. We've established a citywide complete count committee, which includes city employees, a lot of library staff, including my branch managers, especially those in the hard-to-count areas. And we've also engaged as many community-based organizations, faith-based organizations, uh, multiple language early learning organizations as they possibly can who have a big reach and sphere of influence into the hard-to-count areas. So those are really the people we've brought to the table and are using them as really those, that army to go out and spread the word about Census 2020, try and make sure that the information provided is factual, that people understand the importance of what it, what it means to fill out the census and to convey what federal money pays for in the city of Pasadena. So that's really been our charge. And we've been working with our group um, probably a little bit more than monthly for about the last eight months. We are really relying on those who have that reach into the hard to count community to do a lot of the legwork for us because the city staff can't do all of it. We're providing them with the tools and then we're asking them to talk to every group they're a part of to really make sure that Census 2020 is part of the conversation. Tell me a little bit about what you mean by hard to count. Are there populations or specific areas that are hard to count, maybe for Pasadena or more broadly? What does it mean to be hard to count? More broadly, Los Angeles County has been defined as the hardest to count county in the country. And city of Pasadena lies within the county of Los Angeles. We are part of a hard-to-count area, but the city of Pasadena also has some hard-to-count specific areas. There are four census tracts in the center of Pasadena that are considered the hardest to count. Now, when when you're defining hard-to-count, you're talking about what the low response rate is. And a low response rate where, you know, only... 60% of the population or 60 to 70% are responding, that's what triggers a hard-to-count tract. Even if there's a tract that's not considered hard-to-count, but 20% are not responding or 30% are not responding, that's still a very high amount that aren't responding to the census and leaving a lot of money on the table. So what our goal is, is to outreach to the whole city, but to really focus on those four census tracts that have been determined as hard to count. 
Are there particular people in these hard to count areas? I know we talk a little bit about this in our library's guide to the census. In Los Angeles County, I can imagine it might include people who don't have English as their first language. It might include some of those young children, zero to five. Who are some of those groups? In California, it definitely is zero to five. It's young men, African-Americans, Latinos, renters. Those are all classified as hard to count in California. We have a lot of that in Pasadena as well. I would say specifically in Pasadena, the hard to count areas are those who do not have English as a first language. It is a poor community. There is definitely some fear of giving your personal information. I guess that could be said about a lot of people, but specifically in an area where you have a large immigrant population and a lot of children and a lot of seniors. So it's it's definitely going to be difficult. And we know that as we try and reach the variety of communities within that those areas, our strategy has to be a little bit different with each one. Why is it important for everyone to be counted? What is the impact for the 2020 census? Overall, we are really trying to highlight the services and the programs that we have in Pasadena that are a direct result of federal funds coming into the state and and into the city. Federal funds that come into Pasadena for affordable housing, as an example. We have some recreation center that receive federal funds to help build it. We have programs, as an example, that are paid for um, through some federal funds. So we want to make sure that people realize the funds that are uh, coming in perhaps are, are, are services that they use. And in order to keep those services going and provide more, we need to make sure we get that complete count. What we are trying to do is reach out and engage community-based organizations that already have a level of trust with members in the heart-to-count community. So, for instance, the director of the Boys and Girls Club, she's on our committee. She has a wide sphere of influence into Pasadena and specifically the heart-to-count. So we're hoping by engaging her and her bringing us to the table to talk about census or her talking about census, that because they trust her, they will trust in that process. It strikes me as we're talking about this that it's once in a decade, right? So whatever the count is in 2020, that is what Pasadena or LA or California or Illinois, where I live, is. those are the numbers that are going to stick and determine our political representation, the financial funding, like we kind of have one shot and that whatever number we are able to turn out for the census to make sure everyone's counted, that that will be the number that we have for 10 years in terms of funding and representation. One part of our messaging that has surprised people is we'll tell them that each person is basically worth about $2,000 in census dollars. First hand, you think, oh, well, $2,000, you know, it's not a big deal. But then when you think, well, that's per year for 10 years, a family of four or five is almost $100,000 that we're leaving on the table if the census form isn't filled out or, or filled out completely. And that's why we really want to try and make sure people understand that it's not just about filling out that form for the adults in the, in the house, but filling it out for everyone who lives there. You know, in Pasadena, we have a lot of accessory dwelling units, you know, whether someone's 
living in a back house or even in a garage, and those people need to be counted as well. So it is a very important message to to, um, put out there about the funding, about um, what it brings into California, and as you said, also the representation districts get redrawn based on census data, school board districts, congressional um, seats that could be on the line if we if we have a low count. And California is very aware of the, the importance of that and maintaining a high count. Are there specific things when you think about your role um, as a library director, particular reasons why libraries need to be involved and engaged in this work in terms of our work and our work in the community? I think libraries should be involved because it's the right thing to do. This is an initiative or an issue that's bigger than all of us. We have such an important role that we can play. Libraries are that one city department, maybe next to recreation, that people actually want to go to. Most other city departments or county departments you go to because you have to. And we are one of those that people actually trust. People like our staff. People feel comfortable with our staff. And honestly, I don't think most people who come to the library really associate us with any form of government. I think we have a really powerful role we can play because we are such a trusted entity in the community. And people know that we're there for them and they have relationships with us that have built up over the years. I really think that as much as it is going to be an extra workload, just like the Affordable Care Act was when when people needed help with filling in those forms or, or needing access to a place to fill in those forms, the same is going to be of sense that people are going to need access because not everyone has the internet at home. Many in the, in the hard-to-count areas who have internet access have it on a device like a phone, and filling out surveys on phones isn't always the easiest thing to do. I think we're poised to provide that access, And I think the power that we have is our trustworthiness and that people are willing to come to us. It's actually not all that different from other work that libraries do in terms of outreach and promotion and connecting people with internet access and resources and making sure they have accurate information so they can make good decisions and engage in their communities. Does that make sense to you that this is more similar to what libraries do every day, or does it feel more different to you? Obviously, anything that happens once every 10 years feels a little bit different, but I really think it is speaks to what we do every day. We are a really trusted organization in our communities, and where people feel comfortable, they know what we give them is reliable, it's a safe space, and we provide broadband access that they need. And with so many people in our community not having broadband access or If they do, it might be on a device like a phone that doesn't do a survey really well. I think providing that is is so important. People are going to come to us to fill out their census form no matter what because it's where the census is messaging for people to go. It is definitely when, when anyone asks, where can I get Internet access, the first thing is going to be, have you tried the public library? We're going to get them anyway. I would rather see us as librarians take a leadership role with Census 2020, have a seat at that table, and really show what we can do to bring a solution to this problem. This is the first census in 2020 where people can respond online, as you mentioned, the computer and internet access. How is your library preparing for this 
first online response option in the 2020 census? Well, we have applied to the county to have kiosks at all of our locations. And regardless of if that comes through through the county, we will dedicate some computers to census only and filling out those forms. One thing we want to make sure we do is provide an accurate link to the census, and that is something that we could do on our computers and quite easily lock it down. We do have a concern, obviously, that people are going to get a postcard in the mail with a link to go to, and we want to make sure that the postcard that they're using and the link they're using is one that is an official one from the census and not any kind of propaganda that someone puts out there to try and get someone's information, and we need to prepare for that. So we are really trying to push out, in addition to information on why, we're trying to push out the the correct address to use. Are there ways that occur to you how we can make sure that our funders and our government and community stakeholders are aware of our work? I know you mentioned the Complete Count Committee. That may be one place. Are there ways that we can make sure that folks know that libraries are playing this important leadership role? When we're talking about how how libraries can really take that leadership role, um, I do think it's so important for libraries to be part of the Complete Count as a member, if not as a leader in that complete count committee. You know, if you are in a position in the city or in the county to ask for that leadership role with Census 2020, I definitely think it's worthwhile. If you think about all the city departments, all the county departments that are out there, I don't think anyone is more poised to provide help with Census 2020 than a librarian. I do feel like at least the way we have structured it in Pasadena, our elected officials are very aware of who's at the table and who's doing the heavy lifting when it comes to Census 2020. I absolutely love the idea of, of inviting our electeds to um, the library to show that they're filling it out, just like when you're going to vote. Um, we serve as a lot of voting centers, um, and people know that they can they can go to the library for that, too. One of the things, Michelle, I know that was a concern for people has been this idea of a citizenship question. And the good news is that that is no longer going to be on the survey. But does this question that has been in the national conversation requiring you to think about new ways of engaging new Americans or immigrants or refugees? Because we know that everyone in the country should be counted, whether they have legal status or not. Does this issue mean that you need to do new or different work in terms of engaging? The overall discussion of, is there a census question? Will there be a census question? I think because of that and because it took so long to resolve, to be perfectly frank, I'm not sure that the resolution really means anything. I think the damage was done just by discussing it because it was a fear tactic. I do think we have to work that much harder to dispel the fact that this is something that we still should do, that the information remains sealed for 72 years, the individual information, and just convey the importance of it. I also think that that means that who we go to to help us 
also has to be different and not the same old what's posted on, on social media and hope for the best. We are engaging our day laborers um, association in Pasadena. We are trying to engage any kind of multiple language outlet or community-based organization that we possibly can, any faith-based organization that reaches that hard-to-count population. So really trying to think about the guy who's got a, a mobile fruit stand who stands by the gas station selling fruit. He might be someone that we try and stipend for a few months to talk about census when people come to buy some fruit. So we really are trying to think of out-of-the-box ideas on ways to engage people, including incentivizing people to come to a census event and perhaps, hey, let's all fill out our forms together at an event. Really trying to figure out what's meaningful to someone that's going to get them there. At the end of the day, it would be great if everyone filled it out because they understand the importance of it. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So at the end of the day, what is going to make someone fill it out? And I think that's really what we're looking at is trying to strategically engage all the different populations and figure out what's meaningful to them and why they would want to fill that out. Um, and like I said, I think because libraries are, there's so many libraries, we're in so many neighborhoods, I think we're poised to play a really good role in that as we get people to come in, complete count committees, your cities, your counties are going to be pushing out information on where to go. and. Free advertising to come, to come to the library isn't a bad thing because once they're there, they might fill out their census form, but we can definitely take that opportunity to show them everything else. That's a great point. Is there anything else as you look at the future? I mean, we're talking now um, in the beginning of December. The census, it really goes into full swing in March. What are you thinking about or looking ahead to at the beginning of the year in terms of preparation? So once it hits, January, February, March, that's when we plan to really kick it into high gear. And I think everyone needs to take it very seriously in January, February, March, April. The count can continue or will continue until July 31st. So there is an opportunity to still get that form in and still be counted. So any kind of event that you're doing or program or newsletter you're putting out or anytime you're able to get in front of a group of people, don't think it hurts just to mention that the census is coming. It's important to all who live here in this country, and it's important to be counted because if you're counted, then your voice counts as well. Are there any other resources you'd like to share? The California State Library and the California Library Association have partnered together on a multi-year leadership series, and one part of that for the last year was a leadership challenge where four groups of California librarians engaged in projects, and one of the projects was a Census 2020 outreach project. And that group came together and did a lot of research, talked to a lot of librarians, and put together a toolkit for California libraries on census outreach and what they should know about the census. It is California-focused, a lot of the information is applicable to any state, and I think people would find it very useful, and it, it sits right there on the California State Library website. Thanks to our guests, Lara Clark, Deputy Director for ALA's Office for Public Policy and Advocacy and the Public Library Association, and Michelle Pereira, Director of the Pasadena Public Library and a member of the ALA 2020 Census 
Library Outreach and Education Task Force. You can get more information at www.ala.org.